Welcome to your Locked On SEC Football Podcast. Support of the Locked On SEC Football Podcast comes from Manscaped, number one in men's below the belt grooming. You may have seen them on Shark Tank. Manscaping offers precision engineered tools. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code Locked On at manscaped.com. It's 20% off at manscaped.com with the promo code Locked On. He's Chris Landry of LandryFootball.com. You've got to check out his website. You'll know more about the NFL. There's all kinds of news there with camp ongoing. You'll also know more about college and recruiting. So check out LandryFootball.com. All right, SEC, a lot of news. Injuries out of Alabama. Uh, South Carolina uh, loses a player to a very serious issue. We'll get to that. LSU quarterback Joe Burrow, his practice status. We've got that. Tavian Feaster, news on him, the running back from South Carolina. More news from the Gamecocks as well and uh, LSU. So let's start, though, if we may, with uh, Alabama. And when we talked at this time yesterday, we weren't 100% sure uh, Joshua McMillan was out for the season, but now that's been reportedly the case. So you talked about it yesterday. That's a very, very significant loss because he was in charge of the play calls. Well, yeah, and of course M- Moses kind of uh, handles that, but then he makes the checks. Uh, McMillan did, and so listen, if there's a, uh, a if it's going to happen, happening in the early part of the you know camp and getting other guys ready to go, listen, it it is large part next man up. It is uh, it is easier said than done, but injuries are such a volatile part of our game of football that. Uh, it's a very difficult injury. Now, they've got talent, and they've got to work those guys in. But um, a tough couple of weeks, obviously losing uh, him, obviously losing an outstanding running back. You know, people say, oh, well, they've got great players. It's no big deal for them. It is a big deal because what you have happened, it really affects your depth. So let's just say there's another injury at linebacker. Then you start to have uh, a real negative uh, effect on how – you know how things may uh, may you know, develop going forward through the course of the season. Um, you know you have what if Brian Robinson goes down or Najee Harris goes down? Now you've got really one experienced running back with Trey Sanders going down. So it's listen, those are those are significant injuries even for Alabama. Can they overcome it? Is it going to cost them against Duke or most of their schedule? No, it just means that. Just putting it in perspective, most people, as you know, Dave, they don't care about any of that. I mean, they don't want people injured, but that that that's just you know to them, it's like wah 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 wah, and it's just you know it's just kind of a and whether you win or not, that's all that matters. But the reality is, from a coaching standpoint and a personnel standpoint, what you have to do to adjust that to that and make sure that you can overcome that is quite a bit of challenge, and it could have a negative effect at the end of the year. We all look at it right now as the be-all, the end-all, but um, you lose those two guys for the year, which it looks like they will, you know, you, you're you're talking again about throwing another injury on top of that. Well, then that's exactly what happened, if you think about it, two years ago against Auburn when they lost. It was one linebacker, two linebackers. See, well, guess what? You know, all those quote-unquote uh, and the famous uh, <laughs> Saban rant, you think we just – Bleep another five-star guy. <laughs> Remember that whole rant? Well, yeah. the bottom line was, you know, you, you have that much. That was a big part. And Auburn roughed them up in that game. I mean, they physically just took it to them. 
because they just weren't they couldn't get enough of the young guys ready to go at the right time. There was just too much changeover. So, listen, it can have an effect, and when you have virtually no margin for error in the college game, I think it's significant. I agree, and I'm, I misspoke there. As McMillan handles the checks, uh, it's Moses that handles the, the defensive play call. So, with Moses, you talked earlier in the season before practice even got started, how it was his time to step into a leadership mm-hmm. role that's kind of even more the case now with uh, an injury at the linebacker position, right? Do you think he's it, ready? It, it, oh, and no doubt he's ready. I think he's going to be a late player. Here's, I guess, my point. McMillan was kind of the secondary play caller. So now it's like, all right, Moses goes down, even if it's not for the year. If he rolls an ankle, he can't play, he's limited. Now you've got to get – Today, even with Moses there, another guy ready to make all those calls, which you do anyway, but now that guy needs to be no longer learning, but he better teach the class, if you know what I mean. You know, he's no longer a student at learning. He better know that Cole because one play, Moses is down, and then it's somebody else that's up that's having that role. That's a significant issue. It, it again, may not matter and may not look like anything People just watching it, but when you're coaching it and you've got to get things communicated, you've got to have multiple guys ready to go. So what this does is creates a problem and puts more pressure on Moses, not to do anything different than he was going to do, but if he's go he goes down, then it becomes a real big issue. Who are some of the guys that would need to step in if Moses were to go down or miss any time? Uh, because he has missed a little practice time. But then with McMillan obviously out for the season, who are the guys that need to step in for them? Where's the depth? There? Well, they, they've got physical depth. There's no question about it. Um, in most, you know, right now they're a little bit deeper because of the injuries. They're a little bit deeper on the edge. But, you know, the inside guys, you know, the Moody's and the Shane Lee's are guys that are going to have to step in. Um, and E.B. Anoma, guys like that are going to be – you know, have more increased roles, and then guys behind them are going to have a more significant role there. Um, if you look at them, you know, a guy like Chris Allen has been someone that's been, you know, a, a factor. They're going to have to get more out of those type of guys that are going to have to have different roles. You're going to have to cross-train. You're going to have to play guys um, at a couple of different spots. You know, which you one of the reasons why you like to cross-train guys so much, you know, at, at – Offensive line linebacker, and I know Belichick always, you know, if you, you play in Belichick's system, it doesn't matter whether you play Will or Sam Backer. You have to learn the Mike Backer position first. And the reason is he wants everybody to be able to make all the calls, all the checks, so that he can get the best three guys on the field or the best two guys on the field, the best four guys on the field at that spot and not have anybody that is deficient in being able to make the checks and make the calls. So you have to come in as a will backer, and you have to play Mike backer in practice, and you have to run it, you have to teach it, you have to make all the calls and checks. So um, it's a lot more difficult to do that at the college level in the 20-hour work week, but all those guys are going to need to be cross-trained because what you don't want is to have someone that's maybe deficient in one area, maybe can make the calls but it's not as good. If there's a positive, most everybody that is recruited by Alabama are really athletic 
and they're really capable of making plays physically. Um, but now it's a speeding up process. It's not like, you know, I, as I always say, you got to get multiple guys ready, but there's a limited amount of time in practice. So you can't be giving, you can't be giving up the defensive play calls off a, you know, a, a, a large variety of players, or you're reducing the amount of reps for the main top two or three play calls. But then when one of them goes down, then then you got to be prepared to get another guy ready in another. So it's a catch-22. You'd like to, in an ideal world, spend a lot more time cross-training a lot of guys, but you don't have that much time to do it with the 20-hour work week, so you got to manage that time accordingly. So if there's a the positive, they got time to do it. Look, nobody's going to feel bad for Alabama, nor should they. That's part of life. That's part of this sport. But it, it is a challenge. It is a coaching challenge. Uh, no one's going to feel sorry for Saban and his staff. But, but it is a challenge. And quite frankly, if you think about it, even in the year where they lost to Auburn, what did they do? They rallied, went on to win a national championship. You know, and a large part of it, they had some of those guys back. But they used that time, particularly from the end of the regular season, to preparing for the bowl game. They spent a lot of time getting guys that could make the calls and make the adjustments and cross-train guys because it's almost like an extra string practice with full practice. That's not talked about enough. We talk about, oh, man, you see that great throw that Tua made and all that, but, but how they were able to play and make the adjustments in that game you know, is a testament that it's just not all about recruiting, but it's about development and coaching. And they've got the best combination right now, you know, have, have been for some time in the country. You're a Locked On SEC Football podcast. He's Chris Landry. I'm Dave Hooker. Stay tuned. Uh, LSU gets a lot healthier, and that's good news for the Bayou Bengals. More after this. You are Locked On SEC Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to your Locked On SEC Football Podcast with Chris Landry. I'm Dave Hooker, and check out LandryFootball.com. It's a fantastic site. You'll learn more about football than you ever thought you could. Uh, A lot of uh, return from the sideline guys uh, in practice at LSU there in Baton Rouge, uh, led by Joe Burrow, and uh, a surprising number of guys have been held out. Do you think those are precautionary or... If you can kind of address the guys who have been held out of practice so far. No, it's precautionary. Um, you know, they, they've worked really hard, and they wanted to give some of those guys off. And then, you know, with some bumps and bruises, Burrow got dinged up a little bit in the head. So, you know, he, Christian Fulton, um, uh, Pettigrew, the tight end, uh, Trey Parker, Palmer, uh, guys like that were kind of held out of the scrimmage, and they allowed them to work some other guys. But uh, they're back at practice, and everything is fine. But we're having a lot of that. The big injuries that we're talking, focusing on a little bit more, the ones where guys are going down for the year or going down for some time. But the the bumps and bruises, giving guys a day off, is something that's pretty commonplace. And that's that's all that's taken place thus far at LSU. South Carolina, Will Muschamp said on Monday that there's been no separation in the battle for the backup quarterback job between true freshman Ron Holinsky, very highly rated prospect, and Dekirion Joyner, who is a guy who certainly brings some athleticism to the position. But I guess I'm a little surprised that 
uh, Holinsky maybe didn't separate himself. Are you, are you are you buying that, or is this much champ coach speak? No, I mean it's it's real when you're dealing with you know Bentley, the starting quarterback, getting the majority of the reps. It's you know the, the underlying story there is it's hard to have separation when you have limited reps. So you know when a starter gets seventy to eighty percent of the reps, then you're divvying up you know thirty twenty to thirty percent. Um, to where you're dealing with 10 to 15% reps for two guys, it's not an awful lot. Um, and, and that's, you know, scrimmage time, uh, practice time. So it's hard to separate. <clears throat> so one of the things you have to do is manage, all right, look, we need to give more rep time, you know, and, and back down Bentley's reps and the starter's reps, whoever it is, whatever the case may be, to give more of the backup guys more of a role. Now, you can do that in this case because Bentley's had a lot of reps, reps and experience, but he's also been very inconsistent, and they're trying to work with him through things. So do you back down his reps and not give him as, in as much reps as he needs to be prepared for the start of the season? He is your starting quarterback, after all. So... In a, in a perfect world, he's going to be there, and getting him the reps is most important. That's why starters get that many reps. But you have to prepare for if he's not in the game and who's going to be the guy that's most capable. It, 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 I'm just trying to peel back the onion a little bit as to these coaching decisions come with a little bit more complexities than people might know because you have a limited amount of time with them. Schools started pretty much in a lot of these semester situations, so you're not having you don't have those kids all day. You can practice with them, and while there's severe limitations on two days anymore, you can spend some time, some walkthroughs, and some things that can really. Um, but once practice, uh, once school starts, you're back to one practice. It's tough to get as many guys ready to go as you need. So I think it's just this case is that they're young and not enough rep between those two guys. Tavian Feaster, South Carolina, we stay there, and um, he's out with an infected tooth. Uh, I know that doesn't seem serious compared to other football injuries, but I've had one of those, and it was hell on earth. So I feel for Tavian. I certainly do. Uh, yeah, and particularly the heat, you know, and the heat and dealing with all that, it's a, it's a problem. And he's the guy that can have an impact in their running game. But um, obviously taking some time off is definitely needed there when you're dealing with uh, something so severe. You know that, but that's uh, awfully close to the brain. So you always worry about infections, um, uh, you know, uh, in, in that area. That, that, that is always, med- medically speaking, something that doctors always talk about. So you're right, it's not something to laugh off. Yeah, Evan Henson um, with a very serious situation. Speaking of, yeah, he had uh, the heart ablation procedure, which is the same one that, if you remember, Caleb McGarry, the rookie from University of Washington, that's with the Atlanta Falcons. He had that um, last week, ten days ago, fourteen days ago, and out a little while. So, um, two sport athlete also played basketball at South Carolina. So, uh, you know, we uh, wish him well. well. We'll see where it uh, where it goes. Um, it doesn't change a whole lot in the pecking order. They've got Keel Pollard um, is, um, you know, uh, the other option. But, you know, I uh, don't know how long he's going to be out. That usually has to be monitored and cleared, obviously, by the cardiologist. Um, but it is a procedure that kind of gets your rhythm back um, for somebody that has some sort of uh, – either arrhythmia or something 
um, with your heart that needs this type of procedure. Okay, so uh, coming up, we'll uh, bounce around more in the SEC. Mississippi State gets a verbal commitment from a uh, big-time wide receiver, and also uh, we'll have some news out of Missouri as well. And Auburn gets a uh, junior linebacker back on the practice field and loses a freshman running back for now with leg surgery. So more after this, he is Chris Landry. I'm Dave Hooker. You're locked on SEC football podcast. Rolls on. Stay tuned. You are locked on SEC football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back. You're locked on SEC football podcast. Good news in Athens as uh, they'll get a freshman tied in, uh, may return back to practice uh, this week. What do you make of that? Uh, Rylan Goody, a good-looking kid, 6'6", 240, early enrolling, missed spring practice with the uh, uh, knee surgery, which happened in his senior year in high school, so he hasn't taken uh, the field yet. Um, and, of course, they've got Eli Wolf, a grad transfer from Tennessee, is the most experienced tight end. So trying to get enough reps there at the tight end position, replacing Isaac Nada, it's a, it's a concern spot when you throw in, obviously, the very talented but inexperienced wide receiver play. Um, having tight ends that are equally as inexperienced is something that they're going to have to work through um, in the early part of the season anyway. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then uh, Mississippi State with a big pickup. Recruiting has slowed down a little bit, but it hasn't stopped them from getting a four-star. Well, a really good four-star in the class of 2021. An outstanding receiver from Louisiana. 2021 um, uh, commitment, four-star kid Quincy Brown, uh, 6'2", 185. He's from Destrehan High School. Uh, really good-looking player. Um, uh, he uh, he. he We've got a little bit of a pipeline now. At, uh, they've got his teammate Quentin Torbor on the roster, so he ended uh, ended. He attended the camp at Mississippi State in June. Really did a good job impressing the coaching staff and vice versa. So uh, the kid the, the kid's a really angular athlete, and uh, so it's good uh, good job for Mississippi State going in to get a really good player in Louisiana is uh, always difficult to do. Only Alabama's really done it consistently. But you see, if you um, go in and 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 uh, and get players here and there, particularly the what I call the quality three stars. This kid's a little bit underrated. Uh, I don't think LSU's been as uh, high on him, and I think that's been a mistake. Remember, it's a 2021 kid, so credit Mississippi State for identifying him and jumping on him early. Um, and while I don't think necessarily the recruiting is over, it never is until. Uh, kid uh, signs the letter of intent, and even until he shows up on campus. But I do think with his teammate there, I, I think he's committed to Mississippi State. It'll be tough for LSU to flip him over if they indeed want to do so. Uh, then Missouri with some uh, injury news as well. We haven't talked about them in a while. Yeah, Daniel Parker. You know, we talk about Albert O, and you know, being really great. But Parker and their two tight end sets in a backup role. Um, uh, it gets overlooked. He was an all-freshman uh, player last year, really good-looking player. Doesn't look like he's in no-contact um, jersey. Doesn't appear to be really serious. So uh, no no issues there. Um, now, they've held out Alberto the last uh, couple of days with a number of different things, just bumps and bruises. Uh, as we've kind of talked about, you you don't hit as much 
as you used to. So when you do hit, your body's not accustomed to it. It's just kind of the reality of it. So managing reps and letting guys sit out is, is why we try to differentiate and we talk about it in our notebooks every day. Here's your injuries that appear serious, and here's the ones that don't. Yep. And uh, speaking of Auburn, uh, K.J. Britt back from a concussion. We're obviously very sensitive to that, uh, which is the correct thing to do, but then they lose a freshman running back. And Britt's going to be their starting Mike Backer. Um, Deshaun Davis is gone. Really good player, leader, good vision, good instincts. Um, just held him out due to a concussion. And, you know, assuming that he's clear, they have a protocol they have to go with. Um, as running back, Martha Anthony Richards underwent right leg surgery. So uh, he's not going to be available, I would not think, for in the early part of the season, including the Oregon game. It's the deepest position. We've talked about it. Booby Whitlow, Cam Martin, uh, Martin. But as I always like to say, you start looking, oh, they're deep, they're fine. Then, then all of a sudden you have an injury, and just like we talked about with Bam, well, I'm not going to miss Trey Sanders that much. Well, then now you've got two guys. Now you've got to get a third guy ready. You have a second guy injured, it's a problem. So uh, we'll see. It doesn't look like they ruled him out for the season. So we're going to have to see high progresses for him. All right, that's your Locked on SEC Football Podcast. A lot of injury news. We'll uh, continue to break down some of the um, uh, SEC on tomorrow and also some of the uh, top matchups in the SEC this upcoming season. But uh, I want to get you caught up to date with uh, all the injury news after a, a scrimmage Saturday and for some a scrimmage Sunday. You're locked on SEC Football Podcast for Chris Landry. I'm Dave Hooker. Have a fantastic day, everyone.